Jacqueline, thanks for joining us. We're about ready to get started. So um, I'm going to kind of run through our normal stuff here for the Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee. Oh, there okay. you go. Okay, so good evening, everybody. Um, Chairman Roller is not here this evening, so Vice Chair Kieran Culligan will be our lead for this meeting. And good evening to the members of the Bicycle Pedestrian Advisory Committee for the City of Sausalito. This meeting is being held pursuant to Government Code Section 54953E and in light of the declared state of emergency, uh, the regular meeting of the Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee for July 18th, 2022 will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live in the city's website and cable TV channel 27. So with that, why don't I have a call to order? And um, at this point, uh, Vice Chair Kieran Culligan. Yeah, Kevin, uh, Director McGowan, if you can call us to order and take the roll, that'd be great. Yep. Number one. I think that's where I'm moving at this point. So uh, Vice Chair Kieran Culligan, you are here. Um, make sure I have the right list in front of me, excuse me. Uh, Commissioner Regan Fulton. Here. Thank you. Uh, Jessica Penrod, are you here? Here. Hello. Good Hello. Evening. Uh, Jake ba Bayer. Here. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> and Chairman Aaron Roller is not here this evening, but we do have a quorum. So I think we're good to go at this point in time. Uh, we do have some liaisons that we usually call out. So Warren Wells is not present right now. And we have a vacant 94965 liaison position as well. So I think that's good for the call to order at this point. Great, let's move on to item number two, public comment for items not on the agenda. All right, so item number two, video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it's your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when their time has elapsed. Is there anyone who would like to make a public comment for items not on the agenda this evening? <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't see any hands raised at this point. Um, My little kid wants to make, an, a, make a comment, but we're not going to let him. I, I love family comments. These are all good. Okay, so um, I don't see any public comments at this point in time, and I think we're moving on to item three. Is that right, Mr. Vice Chairman? Yeah, item three, um, looking for a motion to, oh, actually, first would be seeking any public comment for the past agenda minutes. I don't see any hands raised at this point in time. All right, seeing none, looking for a motion to approve the minutes. My prior is through this meeting. Hey, approved. Second. Okay, excellent. Right. So I will call the roll. Um, all right, so uh, Commissioner Regan Fulton? Yes. Thank you. 
Uh, Vice Chairman Kieran Culligan? Yes. All right, uh, Jessica Penrod? Yes. And Jake Bayer? Yes. Thank you, that motion, that uh, item passes. All right. Vice Chair, I think our next item is item four. And uh, that item is listed as grant opportunities for capital improvement projects. Now, I'm not quite sure what you had in mind. I have a few things to say about this item, but maybe you would like to lead us, lead us forward on it. Great, yeah, I can throw out a couple pages to get us started. And then um, would love to you know, really get, take, make sure we take public comment and get into a group discussion. Uh, it sounds like Jacqueline is able to join us. Welcome, if we can have her unmuted for the discussion portion, that'd be great. As well as Matt Hartzell, all of both of those folks are um, kind of highly involved in this topic and knowledgeable about it. So stand by for one minute while I present my screen. So as Karen's getting ready, um, Jacqueline, just to thank you so much for joining us this evening. Jacqueline is with California Consulting and she's been helping the city of Sausalito with grant applications for different projects and uh, a big shout out to her for all of her help. So thank you so much. Great, thank you so much, yeah, and welcome tonight. It's fantastic. One, that you're here supporting the city generally, uh, and two, able to kind of pitch in on the specific topic of things that can benefit bikes and pedestrians here in town. Okay, can folks see my screen? Yes, sir. Seeing thumbs up? Okay, great. Yep. So um, really just a couple of pages, but I think that there's two elements to it. It's like, one is we have to ask ourselves, what are the, even the projects that we're talking about? Like what could be candidates for grant funding? So I, I'll put up a list. Uh, it's me trying to kind of glean from prior discussions in this forum, from Kevin's CIP, from other places, but it's by no means correct or complete. So I'd love to get that input. And then the second kind of necessary complement is what are just even kind of a longer list of potential funding sources that are out there. I know that there's some common ones that I know of and come to the top of my mind, but I know that there's many more. Um, an initial list I believe came from Sophie was, uh, Sophie or Sophia was super helpful in terms of, um, you know, just showing what else is out there and that it's, it's, uh, it's a big world. Uh, there's a lot of grant funding opportunity. Let's keep our eyes open to it. And then we can do a bit of a circle back of like, where do we see a bit of a mesh in terms of are there particular things that we all as a PBAC would like to prioritize in terms of which projects, given the impact that they would have reducing liability for the city, increasing safety for residents, tourists, visitors, commuters passing through town, um, and kind of they're viable, right? It's, it's potentially viable to go find grant funding out there. Um, so with that, I'll move on to that first element. Um, so I think I've already covered all of this. Uh, I think I, ideally if we could identify three top priorities for grant funding, that could be a good way to help folks like um, Warren and Matt, uh, as well as Jacqueline and others to help you know, narrow down to really go find grant opportunities that could be um, highest probability for us. So what I did was created a bit of a map here for the current projects and try to put them on the spectrum of, is it just an idea? Uh, and in some cases, those ideas are decently well-baked in terms of there's a study out there, it's in a master plan, 
it's in the in many cases many if not all these things listed on the left hand side are in our general plan um, but but there isn't a whole lot more detail than that um, to things that are pre-designed which i'm saying if there's been a bit more sketching out it's being talked about maybe there's a safe safety study underway um, for the, those examples of Bridgeway at Napa and Johnson and Napa Roundabout. Um, there's work going on, you know, maybe Easterby intersection might even scoot over to design, uh, depending on how you would interpret that one since I made this page back in May. Um, some things are actively being designed, Coloma Street, the Fairyland side phase one, um, we're seeing you know, near construction level drawings. Then we get into the pre-construction and construction phase and then stuff that's complete. Uh, it's worth noting a few valuable things that we've seen come to fruition over the last year or so repair of the north street steps the contraflow lane on caledonia gate, gate six intersection um so this is how i would describe the map right now um i'd love to maybe just pause for a minute to get a sense from people of you know what's missing should anything move around on here uh, are there ideas out there that we haven't captured on the map um so, so I'll, I'll pause for a minute. And uh, just as one note before you know, people weigh in would be that this isn't meant to capture everything on the CIP by any means, but things that have are you know, discussed in this forum, highly relevant from a pedestrian bicycle point of view. Kieran, uh, this is Regan. Were you intending to show your screen? Is there a, you said there's a map or do you know? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. So it's a, there's, um, are you, basically by map, I mean um, across the horizontal axis, axis, you should be seeing six different stages and then projects described in each of those stages. Yes, yeah, so it's more of a timeline. Mm -hmm. Not a physical map of the city, a conceptual map of projects. Yeah, this is kind of brain work then. I, I, based on what you presented, not not something you're trying to share on screen. Now we see something on the screen, Regan. I'm, are you not seeing it? No, no, I'm not. Sorry. Um, you might be able to select from a different view and see the screen. Speaker view potentially. I don't let us know if problem from our side. Okay. Uh, I do see one hand up, Matt. Yes, there's, that's right. Uh, but I, it, hmm, very strange. All right. Hi, am I unmuted now? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hi, this is Matt with WTB TAM. Uh, really, really good. I, I, I am able to see the screen and a uh, really nice uh, presentation here. I just wanted to say, and it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to change this, but some of the projects listed under ideas have in fact been designed before in the past, and they would have, of course, require some level of redesign, revisiting of those designs, but in some cases, maybe that's already more developed than just an idea, just to make the, the chart even more, com not to make it more complex, but just to bring in a little of that history. Good job otherwise i don't see anything that's really striking as missing and it, it seems pretty complete to me thanks great thank you matt any other comments of things you'd expect to see that don't feel as relevant um kevin i know you're going to give an update on some of the 
current projects, but kind of anything that you would scoot around on, on this? Well, it, it all depends upon a couple different things. And um, I don't look at our construction phasing the same way you do of getting a project to completion. The first two items, which say ideas and pre-design, those are basically planning. That's how we look at it, we phrase it as planning. Even with the grant applications, I don't know, Jacqueline, you're welcome to weigh in as well, but when you, before you bring it to an actual detailed design, that planning effort is kind of all combined into one. And then from design to construction, we have a short little piece in there, which you had noted as pre-construction. I think that of that as a bid process. Bigger projects need a longer bid window. Generally, ours are fairly small. Um, when you're looking at some of the larger projects that maybe Jacqueline has to deal with, some of the huge mega projects will take a long time to bid as well. But for us, it's design, bid, construction, and the end of it is complete. However, even after the completion of the actual construction, we have to go back and um, acquire the funding for the project. So there's a lot more paperwork with grants. So maybe as you work your way through your presentation as you continue on, one of my main points this evening is that not all grants are the same. We may see that there are a whole lot of grants out there, but a lot of them are very specific. And I'll bring up a couple as we work our way through this. Perfect, great, great. Um, and one piece I've added kind of in the blue is kind of there's the, there's the elements that may touch feedback, it may touch planning commission, city council, general community outreach, engagement with city council members that, you know, maybe isn't explicitly part of the process um, that we would think of of just bidding, right? But in between design and construction of uh, is city council truly committed to this? Because I think we are sometimes surprised that things are as controversial as they are, but, you know, they are, and we should acknowledge the fact that any level of change is, is probably going to have work required on that front for us. I would even add that the city of Sausalito, especially their council members and their subcommittees are basically involved with the projects all the way through, even through the final paperwork phases where they wanna know when is the money gonna be received and when will we, will we be getting audited? They even get into that amount of detail because that can impact this our staff, which is so small. Yeah, great. Okay, so we'll move on. Um, you know, we may revisit this as we after we look at some of the grant opportunities. Um, so now I have about three pages of potential funding sources. Of, you know, as basically as we go through these, you want to think about um, as we look against as we think about that list of projects, where could there be strong fits, and then come back into another discussion. Um, I haven't added a ton of detail on this first set. Um, we have tons of great detail from our consultants. Um, the ATP is a significant one where the window is just closed for the current cycle. But I believe they're every two years. Um, these are potential for quite large projects. Um, it, can, it can be small things. It can go quite sizable, tens of millions, I believe. Um, and every two years, very focused on active, active transportation program, I believe what the acronym stands for. Um, I know some other things were applied for for CFSL, but nothing that we discussed amongst Pikaback. 
I think I was in this this past year, but I'd love to just stay ahead of the next cycle um, because I think learning from Matt, from Warren Wells, from others who have kind of seen this as other cities work it or as Cam works it, um, there's a lot that can be done in advance of the actual application in terms of getting TAM sign off, having site visits from people involved in the selection process. Um, so I think you know, there's a lot of, I won't call it greasing the wheels because it's not like guaranteeing anything, but it can certainly help our probability of success. Um, and then the, another, I believe federal level one is OBAD three. Um, there are a few pass-throughs that come via the via TAM that are actually, I believe, federal, both state and federal sources. So the um, TFCA, the TDA, we, the, the TAM website is quite out of date. So we are in the process of collecting whether there are other grant programs that are active. I don't know if you've heard anything on that front, Kevin. Um, I know Warren was gonna check in, but we, we don't have anything in great detail. So I'll pause here for this first page. Um, Director McGowan, Jacqueline, Matt, or anyone else, would you make any, any comments on, on this list here before we move on? Well, then even before you move on, I'll go back to my first point that not all grants are, are good for Sausalito. Um, sorry, I'm trying to put my head right where the sun is shining so you can see me. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, for instance, uh, this morning I got a notification from TAM about a grant called the California Resilience Challenge where they're offering funding for projects that are close to um, uh, areas. And that's an area that is, is uh, kind of gets a disadvantaged community. So in a way, um, our representatives of TAM, Transportation Authority of Wren, are sending out everything to us. But for Sausalito, I don't think that we would apply for this grant unless we had a project that would link us to someplace like Marin City. Now, if we can get those two linked together where we can benefit that community, that grant would be good for us. We have many other grants as well that come through, um, even at the federal level. Um, recently, I went back through about 20 different grants uh, ranging from things like the Port Infrastructure Development Program Grants or um, the Bus and Bus Facilities Competitive Grants. Now, these are generally big grants from the federal level. And on my list, I think I have 20 or 30 of these. Again, not all of these are worth our time to go back through. So not all grants are gonna be good for us. Now, I'm gonna have Jacqueline step up a little bit and tell us a little bit about how you look at grants in a second here. But um, from my perspective, I've found over the years that the, the most qualified grants are the ones that are ready to build. If we can get a project that's ready to build, that we've gone through the design phases already and we just need money for construction, those things are good projects for us. The other ones that are good projects are but uh, excuse me, good grants are the ones that are high on the list for our politicians as well. So alternative modes of travel and um, uh, things such as, uh, I, I know that sea level rise is now coming into play as well, where there's gonna be more money allocated to things like that. So we have to change our programs to, to be ready to accept that type of grants. 
So Jeff, would you mind um, kind of making a few comments and, and tell us what you think about how the city of Sausalito can kind of um, position itself in a good fashion to accept some of these grants for our project. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me tonight. And this is a great generative conversation to get a better picture of Sausalito's grant priorities. So when we're looking at, you know, even uh, we can just look at ATP to take for an example. As Kevin said, um, if that, the closer to shovel ready that that project is, generally the more competitive um, it tends to be. There are opportunities. Um, there's a hazard mitigation grant program that we can look at together as well that you can budget for planning as part of your grant, but that's something you know, you'd have to look for, we'd look for it together, um, depending on what projects you wanna apply for. Um, you know, a lot to, I guess two, two points I, I would be looking for um, at any of these applications. There is often a priority um, given to disadvantaged communities. And um, I've, I've looked up Sausalito's like healthy places index, um, and the Cal and screen scores, and you have great, beautiful scores, um, but that aren't going to qualify you for the disadvantaged communities. So when there are, um, when there is a grant opportunity like that, we want to say, is there an alliance with a disadvantaged community, and can we apply together? And then applying together might mean um, that city's school system has sent you letters, right? Like everybody's already working together. We could really show that alliance right there. Um, or how could this project be a potential benefit to that disadvantaged community? For a lot of these grants, if we're not, uh, what we don't score in that section, we're making up in other sections, right? So if we're, if we're gonna score, you know, this project will not be of direct benefit to a disadvantaged community, we want to make sure we are scoring high in the like, this, the planning, right, is here the technical pieces are here, the cooperation, right? Everything is here. So that is one thing you definitely want to look at at any grant opportunity. Also, um, a lot of the source, a lot of the funding sources that I'm seeing that we were looking at from um, Sophie's list have a match component. Um, so we want to make sure that when we look at that match component to see is this grant, if awarded, is this possible for the, for the city? Is this ready to go? Was this on a strategic plan or priority list that a lot of times is already budgeted for, you know, in some way, and then the grant helps ease the cost of that um, could be another way that we're looking at that as well. So we want to make sure, it, no matter what lens we're looking at, we want to make sure that these grants aren't like, awarded and then anybody is scrambling right because that match fund wasn't there or secured or the um you know the, maybe mous or letters of support from other communities haven't come into place yet we want to make sure these um projects and designs and plannings are nice um healthy already cooperating sort of projects to make it more competitive when the application comes um, again, we can always look for planning grants and those do exist, but we want to go in intentionally if that's what we're doing um, to, in order to set up for that time. Um, those are just some, some maybe first thoughts. I, I hope that was helpful. That's super helpful, Jacqueline. I, I don't want to get too tac tactical, um, but it just immediately brings something to mind that almost everything that we talk about is 
the north-south corridor because that is our main road through town. And, um, you know, we know that it, it is kind of the only non-motorized link between Marin City and San Francisco. Um, you know, is there a sense of like, should we really be leaning into that strategy of partnering with our 94965 partners to um, make sure we're kind of focusing on that element? Like, could that help us as we think about some of these grant opportunities? Absolutely. And look, I'm just going to repeat that back to you. It's the only non-motorized link between, say it again? Uh, Marin City, which is a, I, you know, I know it's a community of concern. I know it's used by TAM and some others. Um, so it's a designated community of concern to San Francisco. That's great. And um, I know, too, that Sausalito has made a lot of um, new moves in the school system as well. So if that north-south corridor is going to help ease the commute of students who are having new commutes too, that's certainly an angle we'd want to look deeper at. Absolutely. Great. Good to know. Thank you. Kevin, anything else you want to touch on before we look at a few of these other grant opportunities? Yeah, just a couple other things for the folks on the call or, or on the meeting. Um, not all local matches are the same either. Some grants may be able to fund all of the work, and that's why we try to angle for that construction piece. Is we want to get to have a design ready, because at that point in time, once it's construction ready, it 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 looks good at the federal level, it looks good at the local level, and it shows that we constructed something. Now, um, usually for federal grants, we're looking at at least 12, somewhere around 12% of the entire cost can be for a local match, but that's not always the same. Some other grants are, are much more, like 40% of the total cost can be uh, absorbed, should be absorbed by the local agency. That's a big deal to Sausalito. Uh, we don't necessarily have that type of funding for some of the larger projects. Now, Jacqueline also mentioned planning grants. And just to give you an example of kind of a big scale planning grant, San Rafael was looking at uh, trying to move the transit center from where it is right now to different places in and around and under the freeway. And I believe they got a planning grant to help look at that. And that's a good project that assists um, not just the community of San Rafael, but the transit agencies and the disadvantaged communities that feed into it. So that type of planning approach was really important. And I think that's one reason why they may have got additional funding. Those are just examples. Great. I just want to make sure I'm giving examples. Great, thanks, Kevin. Um, question for you, Kevin. Uh, is there any, are, does it vary in terms of ability to hire program management? higher on program management with grant funds. I know that the city has been trying to be more proactive about having program management as part of the budget such that it's not all landing on the desk of your very small office for every, every detail. How does that factor in from a grant angle? Well, well let's, let's back up even further. So there are, there are different components. And Jacqueline, please feel free to jump in with your expertise as well. The different components that come to project management have to do with obviously um, taking a look at a project and making sure that we can get consensus in amongst the community. So that could involve public outreach. 
that can involve many different meetings. And that's even before you get to the design phase of it. What, what I've been trying to do is when we do an estimate for a project and apply for a grant, we don't know exactly what it's gonna cost. That's always a problem because with inflation or uh, my example is I'm working on a fence at home and I was just amazed how much timber it has gone up over the last couple weeks. So you never know what inflation is going to do to your costs. We try to address that, but to, to talk a little bit about the staffing issues is in years past, we've tried to have our staff manage the projects in construction. It's good experience. It brings a lot of um, uh, help to the city itself. But with the volume of projects we have moving forward, that's just not realistic. So now what we're trying to do is include a project uh, manager component inside each one of the grant applications so that we have enough money to cover that as well. Jacqueline, did anything else I kind of missed with that type of question? No, I don't think so. We, we could um, oftentimes build that into the grant um, budget, definitely. You have to think that, you know, by the time we get there, somebody has probably been managing that project by the time that the grant has been awarded. So there's like a little transition that would happen there or like there's effort and work that goes in by the time that that person can be funded for that position. But yeah, generally we can build that into the grant, absolutely. Now Jacqueline also Great. mentioned that each one of the projects gets rated. So when we submit this, it goes many times it goes to let's say uh, not just tam a local agency to to uh to rate it but it can go up to mpc it can go to other agencies where they they judge all of the projects and even though one or two of our projects seem like they're great projects there may be one let's say in san francisco that needs a lot of money and it's even better than ours so it's we always we never know if we're going to get the grant we do our best to submit and I think um, even in the fall of last year, we submitted for some quick grants through TAM and we were not awarded them. It's just a gamble. So we do put time into applying for grants. Uh, we don't always get them. Great, gotcha. Okay, I will put my screen back up and just share a couple more pages and then maybe we'll circle back to this. Kieran, you're, you're muted. Just have a small screen there. There you go. Okay. Actually, I have, a, I have a quick question while you're pulling that up. Uh, I'm still wrapping my head around all this. Um, I assume grants, you, you, like you alluded to, only cover part of the costs. And if, if you get approval from a grant that only covers part of the cost, but the project doesn't go through, you can't get the funding, can you use it for, for other projects or is, is it a use it or lose it kind of situation? And you have a certain amount of time to raise the rest of the funds you need to complete the project or how does that usually pan out? I think you've got it. Is to, you yeah. need to use it for the project that you applied it for. Mm -hmm. If you don't, um, they can take the amount away. So for example, if you get a grant to uh, perform a design and do some construction and you get the design completed, but you don't have enough for construction, they could take all the money back. So Got they it. could come back and take all that money you spent on design away from you. So 
that's why it's important to stay on top of the project. How often do you know where the rest of the money is going to come from when you apply for a grant? And maybe this is for Jacqueline, but or for anyone, but just curious. I think the best thing to do is to have a plan of where that funding should come from. Got it. And here's an example for you for Sausalito. We have safe routes to school money for our Coloma Street project. And basically <clears throat> it's to put a sidewalk in adjacent to MLK. In our last couple meetings, and I think even here, we've had some members of the public come up and say, hey, you should extend that sidewalk all the way up to Alima, or Street Alima. There's not enough money right now to do that. However, with Jacqueline's help, we're trying to apply for additional funding in order to extend that sidewalk all the way up to the next street and do additional improvements to the roadway. We might not get that money, but if we do, um, it'll add to the project. Regardless, we started small with a project and looked at just putting in a sidewalk and a mid-block crossing on the street. And hopefully that will be covered by the uh, Safe Routes to School funding. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, I think questions? I would uh, just add, like, there are, there is, you know, just as you would have a program, you would hire a program manager for your project, your funder is going to have a program manager who you're going to work with closely. So when things come up, like, like Kevin's example, like the cost of timber went up during your project, you're going to be able to communicate, hey, look at our receipt. This is the this is the cost of timber now. And that would probably be like a reasonable thing that you work with in your grant. But um, but then it, it would bump into generally the use it or lose it. Like if it's just like not feasible, the other matching funds aren't there, that would be that that wouldn't be in the territory of like, oh, it's it's a reasonable part of constructing the, the project. So, you know, within reason and you're always going to be communicating with somebody but you want to be communicating because that project's in, in motion and you're learning those things about the timber cost because you're, you're, you're doing it. Got it, thank Great. you. Thank you. All right, yeah, so sorry for the audio delay. Um, the next set, I downsized it to about eight. It seems like it could be the most relevant out of the list that Sophie sent. Um, safe streets for all. I don't mean to go through all of these in great detail, but safe street for all sounded in particular like it could be um, highly applicable. I don't know how much from a kind of statistics grading factor, you know, they're really looking for sites where there are fatalities and serious injuries, but we do have the Bridgeway Waterfront as a site of a pedestrian fatality in the past, um, at least in the context of Marin. Uh, we have a couple of spots along Bridgeway that are documented hot spots in terms of serious injuries for pedestrians and bicycles. Again, that is the bulk of our projects is everything along that route of travel. Um, so yeah, I could imagine this one as being, you know, pretty prime for a number of number of potential projects that we've talked about. Um, I won't go through. I wasn't planning to kind of read through all of these, um, but you know, to the Jacqueline, you know, Kevin, others, you know, to the degree that there's anything you wanted to call out of, you know, something that seemed like it could be particularly relevant to Sausalito or maybe has strings attached that isn't quite clear uh, at the summary headline level that we should be aware of. Uh, please let us know. Yeah, a couple different things here too. The other things that we take a look at, at least from my level, is whether it's a federal grant or a state grant. Federal grants are more difficult to administer. The paperwork on a federal grant is quite difficult. Now, the example that you have on your screen here, hazard mitigation grant, 
that generally comes from the feds and you have to have a hazard mitigation plan in place and identify specific projects in order to apply for that's just to apply to get some of these funds now with a federal grant you have a lot of paperwork and it has to be in the exact form that they want and eventually in the end you get audited on what you spent on that that grant it all depends upon what they want and the side so if there are state grants that we can go after uh, safe routes to school uh, that type of thing i'm not too sure if hsip is state or fed um, but uh, we want to go after the ones that are easier to administer on our end as well. You're muted again there, Karen. Go ahead, Jacqueline. Yeah, I was just going to add that I think definitely the Safe Streets for All and the, um, the, the HSIP, as we call it, are great. Um, absolutely priorities for you to look into. I think each of the state also. For hazard mitigation grant program, like Kevin said, that all comes from an already approved plan. Um, so you would wanna look at the projects already existing on your plan. And the, the process of that is sort of a, an easier kind of application, but because generally those projects have already been through a process of being identified. And then um, for the EDA grant, there. Um, we're recommended to kind of brainstorm the projects now, but not apply till December. Um, the Safe Streets for All and the HSIP are the ones that are coming up much sooner than that. So of this list, I, I agree, I would put energy and attention there. Yeah. Great. Kevin, do we have a hazard mitigation plan for the city? City of Sausalito has coupled with the county itself and planned from what I've seen, and maybe, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, is not as specific as it should be. Um, with my previous agency, uh, we had specific projects that we could apply for, and I haven't really seen that here in Sausalito. It's one of those things on my list, when I get some time, I need to go back through it and improve the, the hazard mitigation plan. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of places where we could specifically call out sea level, sea level rise, is you know, king tides or storm surge is enough of a disaster if we call it that we have things on that front and from a landslide perspective uh, that we could call out that would definitely benefit our pedestrians and cyclists for for the future rounds on that one yeah even evacuation routes that would be some avenue that we could improve some of our stair systems um, i think that's one of the things that could be fairly easy to get after because it's not a huge cost as well Okay, yeah, well, it sounds, it sounds like that's probably not something that we're likely to apply for now, but happy to have a future agenda item or if we can help provide input to the next rev of the hazard mitigation plan so that we can apply for future funds. Okay, I'll flip to this third page. Um, I should say three, three. So we have the AHSC, the Reconnecting Communities Pilot Program, and CNRA. Um, I know that the middle one in particular is of interest. Um, Matt Hartzell and others you know, have been thinking about with respect to Marin City, are there alternative ways of connecting with that community? Uh, I think it's, you could, you could look at a map and see pretty clearly how Caltrans divided that, divided the you know, previously connected community in pretty stark ways. Um, and so I could see that one as being a great one to partner with the county with the community services district, maybe with other um, agencies 
as a potential project. I, I think we have that kind of in the idea phase of, of other other forms of connectivity. Any other um, comments on the three on this page or thing, places we could apply this reconnecting community, communities program? There are, there are many other grants and it's how we work with our other agencies as well. Since uh, Marin City is County of Marin, we have to look at what they're working on to see if we can find some way to work together to acquire this funding. A good example is I believe that Marin County's flood control district is looking at improvements for storm drainage through Marin City. There may be ways that we can work together and improve our drainage system in the same area and applying for grants. So again, it all comes down to communication and timing and looking at the grant sources themselves. Um, while Kieran is just referencing a total of maybe nine or 10 of these, there are a lot of other grants out there and that's why we've got Jacqueline to help us out. So she knows a lot more about where to look for these funds. And I think what's important for us and this, this group is to start identifying the projects and what is a priority so that we can bring that to our city council and say, hey, look, we're gonna pull, this is a great example on this slide. For example, Jacqueline's helping us with um, putting together grant applications for the Houston intersection. Basically, we have moved forward with acquiring a designer to design the project. We're gonna need money for construction and we're ready to go on that one. Um, the other thing that you have on your list is the Napa roundabout. Right now, we don't know if that's needed. So getting through that Bridgeway Napa to Johnson study will tell us if we're gonna need a roundabout. Once we get through that study, it will give more importance to seeking out grant funding for the design as well as the construction. So that's how these things are kind of interconnected. But if we can move them closer and closer to the construction phase, it looks much better for the granting agencies. They like that. Oh, you're muted again. Totally off my game now that I'm up in the mountains. My mute, mute, unmute skills have really fallen apart. <laughs> um, great segue, Kevin. I think I'd love to circle back now and you know really pull everyone. We'll, we'll, we'll pause for public comment as well. Um, but I'd love to hear. Yeah, maybe we'll, I'll first take public comment, and then I'd love to turn it back to feedback members and other folks involved in this discussion directly on what would you like to see prioritized for kind of the next batch. Um, of, of grant funding. I know I have my, a few things are on my short list. I'd love to hear from the rest of you all first. So maybe first let's, let's um, move over to public comments, see if there's any public comments. And then we can go back to the, uh, the dais. And I think, we'll, I think we've included Matt and Jacqueline just as part of that. So they don't have to make public comment. It can just be as part of that form. If you could stop sharing your screen and then we can see if anybody's got their hands. There we go. Great, thank you so much. So if anybody would like to make some public comment, please uh, raise your hand in the Zoom application. It looks like we have at least one, Mr. Matt Hartzell. Hi, Matt with WTV TAM. I would uh, recommend, WTV TAM would recommend prioritizing the, the segment of the North-South Greenway. I believe it's segment six in the, in, the in the old feasibility study that's between Gate Six Road at the city limits and Harvard Drive. 
And I would also make a, a comment, which is that if the city council and staff were to decide that it were prudent and, and want to, and agree to, to do this, they could make a request of the Bay Trail to redesignate the alignment of the Bay Trail from what's currently on street on Bridgeway to the Greenway route, which runs parallel to Bridgeway and slightly through the Marin Ship area. And that would open up the Greenway, all six segments from the ferry terminal to Gate 6 Road to potential funding from Regional Major 3, assuming that the, the lawsuit that's, cur that's currently pending uh, is cleared in favor of MTC. So just to be aware of, that's a potential source of subfunding pending a res resolution of this lawsuit. Thanks. Great, thank you, Matt. Any other hands before I move back to PBAC? Okay, I don't see any other hands up. So let's move back to the group. Um, yeah, I'd love to kind of hear from you all, um, you know, similar to Matt's response, what, what would you suggest prioritizing in the context of what you'd love to see changed and what's likely to uh, be able to achieve grant funding in, in the near term. Regan. Thanks, I, I have a question that's more of a um, clarification. Jacqueline, I am pleased to meet you and um, I'm afraid as part of the introduction, I, I might have missed the extent to which your services are available to us and um, how that's funded and uh, how we would work together to, so, to move forward on this. So I'll answer part of that. Um, Jacqueline's working for us and the city manager in order to identify some grant funds for our capital projects, as well as I think her company is helping us with other grant applications as well, but I'm not positive for other departments. In other words, um, she might, I don't know if you're working with the police department on assisting them, but I know that your company has a pretty big um, a repertoire of knowing which grant funding is to go after. So they're being funded by the general fund at this point in time. Jacqueline, do you want to add anything? Sure. Um, so I'm a grant writer with California Consulting. Um, California Consulting is this incredible um, resource bank of both grant writers um, and also just a, a real good sense of the topography of grant funding, especially in California. So generally uh, what we do and what we're sort of, we're engaging right now is when we meet with a city, we really identify those priority needs so we can start building a calendar that reflects the city's priorities. We have a really great um, handle on kind of a calendar of, of grants. So our goal is to get you on that calendar and in preparation for kind of what that year ahead might look like and how to get those projects best funded. But it always starts with the process that we're engaging in right now, which is like, what are the priorities? What projects are ready? And how can we, how can we build them um, together? Okay, I, I appreciate that. I, but the next step is um, still unclear to me. How would we, continue to interact and, and work together? Would it be through these um, uh, periodic meetings or would we have 
um, subcommittee meetings? Would we have email? How, how would that go? What? No, I think we would work through your staff at this point in time where myself or anybody else from Public Works would discuss what you think are the priorities and bring that up to our city manager as well to find out what, from the council's perspective, they want to pursue as well. Regan, anything you would add in terms of items to prioritize on this list? No, I like what you've put. I think we've um, been talking about a lot of these projects for a long time, and I think we're in alignment, all of us, on how important they are. And um, I think it's great that it's just perfect uh, next step for us to gather the funding necessary to get these things moving. Are there three that would be at the top of your list? Not, not to say that you know we're not going to seek things that wouldn't be at the in your top three. Well, for me, it's always been the um, the promenade or the bridge um, bridgeway to Richardson. Um, but anything along that greenway, I, I think uh, the Gate Six Road portion, um, as Matt just brought up, and. Um, Yes, Napa to Johnson as well. All, all of those uh, connectors are tremendously important. Great, thanks. Jake or Jessica? Not on my end, sorry. I, I would second what, what Regan said. I think the um, the bridgeway down to Princess and uh, the Napa roundabout, I think both are, are pretty exciting opportunities. I think that stretch road can often be pretty intimidating, making it safer. Um, I think not only makes it more desirable for the pedestrians and the bicyclists, but I think it helps the business owners, right? You attract more people when they feel safer and they walk around and they go in stores and they cross bridgeway to Caledonia and vice versa and going in around Dumpy Park. So, um, yeah, I would, I would love to prioritize those two. Great. Thanks, Jake. Um, yeah, I'd probably weigh in with similar set. Uh, so I would definitely put high on the list. The in Bridgeway Waterfront, Jacqueline, uh, just we may have slightly different terminology on different pages, but Bridgeway Waterfront is the Richardson um, to Princess stretch, kind of right along the water of the promenade. So I would put that high up there. We have, you know, have the design funds, or at least we're close to getting the design fund grants as we understand it. Sounds like it's been challenging. But the next stage, yeah, I don't think that design is going to be particularly complicated. I think the public outreach will be complicated. But, um, you know, the next step really there is can we find grant funding because it's probably more than the city is willing to absorb, but it would probably help sell the project if we have funding lined up to do it. Um, so that one would be very, very high on my list. The next one would be Greenway Segment 6, which is essentially continuing the Mill Valley Sausalito bike path, further extending that bike path further south to Gate 6 Road. You know, it's a bit of a slam dunk in that we have the right of way, as I understand it. We have some at least kind of plan some planning done. I don't know to what degree you would call it a design or not. Um, it's, it's dated either way. We have 
uh, there's kind of no alternatives. So there's no alternative route for that section. Like we know we're going to be routing that way. Um, so that one feels like it's a, it's a great one to put out there and to really push the greenway in a, you know, kind of the most slam dunk of all the segments. And then the third one, uh, probably similar to Jake, I make a bit of a combo is Bridgeway from Napa to Johnson, including the Napa roundabout. Kevin, I know that one is going to hinge on the outcome of the safety study. So for things like safe streets for all, you know, we may just not have enough time. We'll hear, we'll hear how the timing is going. Like we may, may just not have enough time to have that safety study conclude and then before September be able to submit for a grant for safe streets for all. But you know, other things I know will be upcoming. So I would still put that high up on my list of, of three. Any other comments uh, on, on the prioritization or Jacqueline, others, any questions on any of these elements? I, Jacqueline, I'm more than happy to catch up with you separately to kind of parse through any of these project lists or background materials if it's helpful. I think that would be really helpful. Yeah, I think um, maybe looking at some of the you know upcoming deadlines. I have one other idea for the city also. Um, the deadline just passed a couple months ago, but it's usually annual. To, have you heard of the Urban Greening Grant? That, that might be great to look into. Um, but yeah, kind of looking at what are the needs of the of each kind of upcoming grant application and where are these projects? And maybe we can talk it out more of like how close are those um, and, and could help make some decisions about which are, which are the most beneficial to apply for and in what order. And if it's not for this cycle in September, how do you how do we use this time so it's ready for the next cycle? Definitely. Well, Kevin, that was really the meat of what I wanted to cover in this agenda item. Was there anything additional, anything else that you'd like to get into before we move on? I would like to thank Jacqueline for for uh, hanging out with us this evening. Thank you very much. Um, she is a wealth of knowledge. She's very quiet, but at the same time, she's got a lot of experience. So many thanks and appreciate the help. Super Thank happy you to so have much. you back on. Yeah, it was great to meet you on. I look forward to talking more and uh, finding uh, the right funding. Yeah. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. All right, we ready okay. to move on to the next item? Let's do it. All right. Um, I do not have any slides this evening uh, as far as our project, so I'll just give you a short little verbal update on each one. Nevada Street, we have a contractor on board. We're finalizing all the paperwork. He says he should be ready to start in about two to three weeks. Um, I'm hoping that he is not too optimistic. <laughs> I just want him to see if he can get in there and get going on. Uh, decent yeah. contractor. August 17th is the first day of school. Yeah, uh, we'll do our best, but you know, expect the worst and hope for the best. So that's what I would suggest at this point. The project's moving forward, which is a good thing. So uh, uh, Andy, or Andy Davidson is managing the project from our side and he's worked with this contractor before on Caledonia, same guy who did Caledonia Street. So that's a good thing he knows the city. 
if you have additional questions on that, let me know, and I'll probably refer you over to Andrew Davis. Napa Street Safety Study is moving forward. David Parisi is our consultant on that. Um, he, I was out of the office last week, so we are scheduling a meeting this week to look at some of the fine details and move forward with the project. I don't have a great update for you on how far he's gotten. I know he's pulled up a lot of the data already that you have um, already gathered for him, and that will be a baseline for him to get started on making recommendations for improvements on this section of the roadway. So I'm excited about that project because it has different aspects. One has to do with parking. We've talked about this before, of whether we need to remove parking to improve sight distance on some of the intersecting streets. I think we do, but I'd rather have him tell us that. Um, in addition, there may be some more improvements that could be needed at Napa Street. And I think we're kind of angling towards that roundabout because it looks like there is enough room for something like that. And it would be a nice entrance to the city as well. But let's get that technical information first and um, see if you can steer us in that direction. Uh, Easterby uh, signal design is underway as well. David Parisi is working on that one as well. And we've also applied for an additional grant for that project to cover the construction. Jacqueline helped us with that and we are submitting so, for some funding. Um, I can't remember if we're going for OBAG 3 or maybe some ATP. I can't remember what she said, but we're going for some construction money on that project. The intent is to um, move forward, get it awarded, and for signal projects, the longest lead time has to do with these signal poles. It can take many, many months to get the signal poles. So even if we, if we get the grant funding, great, but you probably won't see anything in the ground for another year. All right, Coloma Street Sidewalk Project. That one is moving forward too. BKF is the design engineer on that, and they're taking a look at that entire project. As I mentioned before, we're applying for additional funding for that project to extend the sidewalk all the way up to Alima and to make improvements to the roadway itself. It's showing some deterioration, and we'd like to get some money in order to resurface the entire road. The intent is to actually construct that project, not this fiscal year, but next fiscal year. So the fall of 2023. And that has to do, the reason I'm mentioning this is because even if we do get the grant, I don't think that we have our local match in hand until next fiscal year. This fiscal year is pretty tight. But it's moving forward and that's a good thing. Ridgeway bike lanes between Princess and Richardson Street. So I've been communicating with a gentleman over there at uh, Bay Trails and um, I'm having trouble trying to make sure that we close the loop to this gentleman and get our agreement in hand. That'll help with the design effort. In other words, get the design on paper so that we know what we need to do. Uh, one of the issues I've noted in the past is that uh, this is, uh, as I talked to Aaron earlier, this is an opportunity to make additional improvements to the way this roadway is used for deliveries and parking. And it has the potential for being problematic with some of the uh, property owners as well. So with the project itself, we're gonna need to have a couple public meetings. We need to bring this to the public and BPAC might be the good forum in order to receive this type of comment. So we might wanna think about this in the future once we do have this agreement from Bay Trails in hand and get the project moving forward. 
Um, I just wanted to mention it to the group because it's not necessarily a slam dunk, even though a lot of us do believe it's a good project. I think it has some impacts to the adjacent property owners as well as some of the businesses. Something to consider. Uh, street resurfacing is next on my list and that project is out to bid. For the city of Sausalito, we're looking at a couple different segments. We're looking at Gerard, um, gosh, I think it's from Bonita, somewhere around Bonita. It's a short little section that's in bad shape. It's near Turner. So we're gonna fix that one. We're also looking at a section of plat that goes up the hill. That one's out to bid at this point in time. Uh, we also have Edwards going from Marion down the hill to Alexander. That is a more complex project and we're, we're designing that as its own separate project. One of the reasons is that the uphill section adjacent to the road will need a, a retaining wall system. And so we wanted to make sure that we get the project out to bid for Gerard and Platt now because it's a, it's a simpler project. And then have Edwards follow. If we can do it this year, great. Um, if we can't, then we'll have to catch it next year after the, after the rainy season. But the idea is to get Gerard flat, and I think there's a little section at the end of Johnson Street that we're gonna resurface as well. That's pretty exciting. One other project that isn't on your list on the agenda that I wanted to bring up for this group is the Ferry Landside Project. Now, you've had uh, several presentations from our consultant, DKF, on this, and we, uh, we've also brought it to the Historic Preservation Committee as well as the Planning Commission. And for the Planning Commission, they have requested to be more involved with some of the design aspects. And what I'm trying to do is gather consensus. So um, I think our Planning Commissioners would like to know why we've made the decisions on this project for certain, certain things like moving the bicycle area to the east side of parking lot one. Why is that decision made? In addition, we're going to be slightly enlarging the uh, plaza area, and that's going to impact one of the fountains out there that is the Sally Stampede Fountain. That might be an impact to Historic Preservation Society. So again, we're, we've got to work with all the different committees in order to bring this forward. And getting your assistance on some occasions would be very helpful. So um, as we bring this forward, I may ask your, your group to say, hey, could you attend this meeting and, and state how VPAC is in support of the project itself and how it, you think it benefits from a pedestrian and cycling perspective. And in addition, we'll bring back the latest plans that we have, which haven't changed too much um, for the project itself. We've got some hurdles that we had have for, are jumping through. Ordinance 1128, which restricts how much we can uh, expand uh, or take parking in this area has been an issue. And we're hoping not to go out to get voter approval on this because the improvements are basically the same as what's intended for the plaza as well as parking. That's our intent, but the project's gotten more complicated and it's difficult. It's kind of a, a small price, 2.5 million. It's not a lot of money to go for a larger parking lot. So we're trying to make it work as best we can. Now that's all I have for updates on projects right now. We are working on a lot of other things, uh, such as EV stations, as well as um, improvements throughout the city as well. So um, 
If you have any questions or comments, please feel free. Let me know. Great. Any questions or comments for Kevin? We have a quick one. Oh, is this from, should I hold off or? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, can you clarify the scope of the Napa Street study? Does that include this, this the safety study for the potential roundabout, or is that something else? It includes the area where we where we would like to put a roundabout, or at least the chairman for the PPAC has suggested that it could be fit. And gotcha. um, I still think it's a good idea to, to look at that. Gotcha. And does David Preece get involved with this group when he assess, assess, makes that assessment? Or is it he goes out and makes a call and comes back and says, yeah or nay, and then we kind of abide by that? Or how, what's, what's that look like? <clears throat> You know, it's a little yes and a little no. I'd say a little no and a lot yes. So <laughs> we, we want him to come back and and discuss some of the issues with this group. But there will be some things that he'll probably identify that are safety issues and say, hey, look, you got to do this. So we'll gotcha. all those. All right. Thank you. Looks like uh, I'll open us up for public comment so we can hear from Mr. Sita. You got to unmute yourself. Okay, I, okay. Um, I'm multitasking, so I won't try to do video too. Uh, I just wanted to, I didn't hear it on the list, but my biggest concern in, right now in town is a northbound bridgeway between Johnson and about uh, Locust Street. Um, if you're on a road bike, you're navigating the gravel surface there right now and the parked cars and everything else and it's it seems like it's that's a it's becoming a safety issue um and i think i heard it being discussed in city council about whether we have money for that or not or whether it got added but it, it that's a huge issue unless you're on a mountain bike right now that, David, that's where it. Is it between johnson on, on bridgeway yeah from uh yeah well to, to, to the park where the until the where the bike lane starts, that, that section in there, that you know, where the surface is eroded of the street, and it's just, it's really between trying to pick through that and beware of traffic. It's just, if you're on a road bike right now, it's it's a mess. It's super hard. David, I appreciate that comment. That's a good one. Uh, let me take a look at it, and if you have more of those, let me know. Uh, one of the things I've asked our maintenance group to do is if we do have some issues that uh, we can handle with a minor contractor, we'll try to get to it. The last one we took care of, which took us a while to get to, was over there at um, Nevada Street. Nevada Street at Bridgeway, where we had some ripples, where the you had mentioned the cyclists were having trouble going northbound. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe, maybe we can yeah, that looks great now. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, David. Any other public comment before I go back to the PDAC group? Okay, seeing none, we'll close public comment. Um, anyone else have any comments for Kevin before I go ahead? Okay, um, Kevin, thank you for the updates there. I'll reach out to, to Andy on Nevada Street. I'll reach out to Andy. We had talked in PDAC about do we want to have some sort of signage, especially now that we know it's younger kids who are going to the Nevada Street campus. Like, do you wanna have anything just suggesting that people, that those kids ride their bike on the sidewalk, that that is the desired path? I'll see if anything, kind of a template for that exists out there and 
send it as an idea to you and to Andy. On the safety study, um, there was a question. We took a vote when we had the, the general topic of that stretch of roadway. We took a vote on AB 43, which we unanimously voted to lower the speed limit in that stretch, or like we recommended it. There was a question of whether that was a valid vote or not. Um, if you could let us, it doesn't have to be live, Kevin, but like if you could let us know, like, do we need to re-agendize that with a more clear AB 43 specific agenda item, or does that existing vote hold? That would be helpful to know, especially as that safety study gets underway. Um, on Easterby, I know it's not the Easterby intersection per se, but as part of that project, are you looking at the warrants for the Sp Spring Street intersection? Because I often sometimes wonder why that exists. I've heard some very funny anecdotes for why it does exist, but I could imagine it is potentially simplifying if there was one light there instead of two in close proximity. Um, else on my list, for Bridgeway Waterfront, I know Warren Wells is also inquiring through his contacts on Bay Trails, um, you know, talking to some of the league there to see if he can shake anything loose. Um, I think as PBAC, I can speak on behalf of PBAC to say we would be happy to be the forum for public engagement on that. Um, I believe that kind of some of our grant funding is aimed towards towards that for public engagement. I think having some design groups to look at and talk about will really help that process. Um, on street resurfacing, the, of that list, nothing jumps out at me as kind of needing bike or pedestrian specific stuff, right? They're pretty windy streets. streets. Um, I know them all quite well, but yeah, I, I don't think we need sharrows or anything that comes to mind, but I'll, I'll let you know if we, we feel differently. And then on Fairyland side, similar to Bridgewater uh, Waterfront, I think we're happy to be of assistance. So if there's a meeting for us to attend or for one or two of us to attend, please we'll let us know and um, between Aaron and I, we can arrange that. Thank you, I appreciate that. Okay, any other comments on this one before we move to future agenda items? Okay, all right, item six, future agenda items. Any public comment? All right, no public comment, I think we'll close. I would suggest uh, the group who might want to bring in the Terry Landside project in the next couple months. Uh, that's at least one of them. And then obviously give you updates on the other projects as you move in. Great, Terry Landside, yeah. And Kevin, let us know if AB 43 should be back on there for that stretch of Bridgeway. That would probably be the other one on my mind. I'll reach out to David Parisi and find out how he would recommend we approach that issue with the project and council at the same time. Okay, great. Any, any other suggested future agenda items from the group? Is it assumed that this grant um, process will be a standing agenda item or does that need to be proposed? I would propose that we have that as a standing item. I mean, let's let's put it down, um, and then I can connect with Jacqueline, with Kevin, see like for our next one. Is there something to even talk about? I, you know, I don't know if it's standing or if it's at least it's recurring, right? Like it, yeah. we're going to see it relatively often because I think it's uh, a very strong nexus with what this is the, the vehicle by which we get things accomplished is having money to do it. Yeah. Great, good one. Thank you. 
Okay, I'll move us on to final agenda item, which is adjournment. That's everything. Um, I don't think that's just the formal motion to adjourn. Um, anything, unless there's anything else, thanks everyone for joining us tonight. Uh, I always plug the, uh, the Sausalito Fix It. So if you see anything, uh, Samojo was called out about the stretch of roadway. I, I always actually have a great experience using the Sausalito Report a Problem uh, website. Uh, thanks, many thanks to Lauren and others. So uh, use that. Uh, otherwise, if they don't know about it, they can't fix it. So thank you all. Uh, we'll see you in a couple of months at our next one. Thank you. Thank you. Jessica, it's good to see the little baby growing up. Yeah. Getting bigger every time. <laughs> Thanks. We, uh, we're a little bit late to the sleep training game, so we're trying to get a routine going finally at 17 months. <laughs> good luck. Life-changing once uh, you can sleep. It's just the going down part that we can't master at all. <laughs> all right. Well, if it, makes, it won't make you feel any good, better, good but luck. I had it, and now they can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> he does love his bike. <laughs> Good luck to you. Thanks. Right, yeah. Bye. Bye.